Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. We're excited at the thought of being a part of building your kingdom. Taking what you've given us and using it to extend the reach and the influence of your kingdom around the world. I am praying that you speak to each individual. Speak to each family on how they can participate. Lord, you have raised the target. We're going to be faithful to rise up to the occasion. Lord, we're saying you can trust us as the Watoro family to give generously to the building of your kingdom. And my prayer, almighty God, is that that blessing will rest upon every individual that gives. Over the next couple of weeks, as you help unpack for us what your plan for financial blessing is, I pray that we'll not only hear your word, but live according to your word so that we may walk in the financial blessing that only you can give. We receive your word with faith in Jesus' name. And everybody shouts, Amen, Amen, and Amen. God's plan for financial blessing. And I want to draw your attention to our theme text in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. This is what Paul says. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I'll read it again. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And that is our theme text as we dive into God's plan for financial blessing. I said it before, I'll say it again. There is a purpose to the blessing that God releases in our lives. God's agenda for your life is so much bigger than just you. God's agenda and purpose for the blessing that he brings into our lives is for more than just you. God has a plan of something he wants to do in you, but also something he wants to do through you. I believe that as we give to build God's kingdom, I believe that as we sacrifice to build the kingdom of God, I believe that as we give extravagantly to build the kingdom of God, I believe that God is going to bless us, but it is important 
that we recognize it's not just about the blessing, but what God wants to do in us and through us when he blesses us. God's plan for financial blessing. Now when Paul writes these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, we've got to understand that at this time, Paul was collecting an offering. It was a relief offering that the churches he had planted were going to collect and he was going to take it to Jerusalem to help the believers that were in deep need. They were living in abject poverty. There was a famine in Jerusalem. And so Paul goes to the churches and he collects this offering. And it is to help their brothers and sisters. Now, we've been journeying through the book of 1 Corinthians that we concluded last week. And here in 2 Corinthians, Paul has sent some friends ahead of him to the church in Corinth to tell them, listen, remember I'm collecting this offering and I'll be coming in a little while, but I'm sending these guys to you so that they can prepare and collect that offering. When I come, we'll be able to take it and help our brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. So he was preparing them. The church in Corinth had made a generous pledge and they had not yet fulfilled their pledge. You see, the city of Corinth was a wealthy city in the southern part of Greece. And sort of to encourage them, Paul uses the example of the Macedonian churches. Now, in the northern part of Greece, the province was known as Macedonia. It had a number of churches, some of which were the church in Philippi, to which he writes the letter of Philippians. The church in Thessalonica, to which he writes First and Second Thessalonians. The church in Berea. Uh, those people where Paul, while preaching the gospel, were checking the scriptures to ensure that he was preaching the true gospel. Those churches were in the northern part of Greece. But it wasn't a wealthy area. After Alexander the Great had been kicked out, all their wealth had been taken, it had been plundered. And so it was a poor area. But Paul says that those churches in that northern area, the not so wealthy part, had begged for the opportunity to be part of the offering. And not only had they begged for the opportunity to give in the offering, they went over and above. They gave beyond their ability. And so he was saying to the Corinthians who were wealthy, man, check out what the guys in the Macedonian area have done. Remember you made a pledge? Begin to prepare it. So when I come to pick it, I am not ashamed. Fulfill your pledge. So he's preparing them to give him the offering. And you know, like, like Paul, we're standing before you today, Watodo Church. We're reminding you that we've made this commitment to build the kingdom of God. And that we're going to take from what God has given to us, our finances. And we want to be a blessing to the kingdom of God in Africa in Asia, in Israel, North America, South America, all over the world. We want to be a blessing. We've met that commitment. God has given us a faith target, 1.5 million US dollars. And God is preparing us. 
But as he's preparing us, he wants to understand, he wants us to understand that yes, as we give, he will bless us, but there is a purpose to the blessing. So we must understand his plan. What happens when he pours out that financial blessing in your life? So critical that you understand it. But we also recognize that as we call you as a church family, as we all step up to build the kingdom of God with our finances through the miracle offering, it is difficult days. There's a lot of uncertainty around our economy. In fact, one thing you hear all the time is economy, economy, economy. Donor funding has reduced. For many organizations, the work that they wanted to do is beginning to struggle. Certain projects have even had to be shut down. Some people have been impacted, they've lost their jobs, they've lost their livelihood. They're frustrated. Maybe you're having to look for a new job in this season because, and it's difficult times. High levels of unemployment. High taxation. The prices in the market seem to be going up and up and And you're asking yourself, Pastor, 1.5. Really? They're even saying, Pastor, why don't we take a break? But I love the fact that God who called us is testing us and he's saying what total church will you rise up to the occasion and watch what I will do God is able to bless us as we put his kingdom first and I want you to know what told the church. This is a test from God. And every time God tests us and we pass the test, be sure God is going to bless us. But it is important we understand what do we do with the blessing. This sermon series is so countercultural because in such economic times, People are not giving generously. Instead, people are actually holding back so that they can prepare for that rainy day that has been predicted. And there is wisdom in that. But we are also people of faith. We are also citizens of the kingdom of God who understand that we are ambassadors. That our mandate is to extend the rule and the reign of God and the kingdom of God by supporting the advancing of the kingdom of God through what we and other ministries around the world are doing. And that that will forever be a mandate on our lives. And that's why we must talk about God's plan for financial blessing. The blessing is coming, but what do we do with it? 
So my prayer is that throughout this sermon series, that you will be inspired and encouraged to trust Jesus to take care of your needs. My prayer is that you take these financial biblical principles and live by them so that you can unlock God's financial blessing in your life and through your life. My prayer is that through this sermon series, we'll continue to champion this heart of extravagant, sacrificial generosity towards the kingdom of God so that we, with total church, we can play our part in our day to build the kingdom of God. That is my prayer. So let's dive into it. God's plan for financial blessing. You see, it's important for us to recognize that God's plan for financial blessing is built on three very important principles. And I want you to write this down. And I want you to live by them. And when you faithfully do, you cannot stop the blessing of God in your life. Because you'll have learned how to steward it. And so the first principle of God's plan for financial blessing is this. Very important. God is the source. Let's say that together. God is the source. Come on, let's even make it personal. Say, God is my source. Together, God is my source. Help me preach to your neighbor to the left and to the right. Tell them, God is your source. Come on, tell them. Tell them, God is your source. Your neighbor in front of you, tap them. Your neighbor behind you, tell them, God is your source. God is your source. Come on, one more time. Tell them, God is your source. Come on, let's shout it out together. God is the source together. God is the source. That's the very first principle of God's plan for financial blessing. It is important that this settles in your heart and in your mind. God is the source. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8 begins with this powerful declaration. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Wow. And God is able to bless you abundantly. You might have come across a Greek word called dunamis that means power. Well, the word able comes from a word related to dunamis. It is dunatos. And that Greek word dunatos simply means that God has the capacity. God has the ability. God has the abundance. God has the miraculous power. God has the prevailing strength to bless you abundantly. God is able to bless you abundantly. God is able means that God has the power, the capacity, the ability, the prevailing strength and the mighty power to do what he said he will do. God is able to bless you. And that simply helps us understand that the source of any financial blessing that you need 
The source of any financial blessing you have is God. You are not the source of your own blessing. Witchcraft is not the source of the blessing in your life. Your connections are not the source of blessing in your life. The government is not the source of that blessing. The World Bank is not the source of your blessing. The World Economic Forum is not the source of your blessing. The source of your blessing is God and God alone. That is where it begins. And that must be sorted. That must be settled in your heart and in your mind. It is important for you to start there. God is the source. When the children of Israel were going to the promised land, Moses takes some time to restate the things that are important from God's word. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 to 18, here's what he says to them as they go to the promised land. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. He says to them, God promised that he would bless you. He promised it to Abraham, your forefather. God wants to bless you. But when you get into the promised land, do not forget the Lord who blessed you. Many times it is possible for us to take our eyes off of our true source, our God, and begin to look to our connections, begin to look to people, begin to look to our jobs. What other church, I want to encourage you, if ever you're going to enjoy God's financial blessing, settle it in your heart that you have one source and one source alone and his name is God. That must be settled. People will disappoint you. The World Bank will run out of resources. But we serve a God who never runs dry. He is our source. He is abundant in his provision. And the Bible says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. Not just a little bit. But over and above, beyond what you can think, ask, or imagine. That is how our God is able to bless us. But it starts with you understanding that you have one source. And your source is God. Is God your source? Let me ask it this way. Is God your only source? You see, it is important that God is your only source. Why? Because any other source will become your God. And he said it very clearly in the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20. You shall have no other God but me. Any other source 
will lead you into bondage. It will begin to control you, control your emotions, control your relationships. It will begin to control your mind. It will begin to control your heart. But our God in heaven is a loving Father who wants to bless you. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. Jesus wants you to experience that abundant life, that abundant blessing that brings freedom. He wants you to experience that blessing that maketh rich and adds no sorrow. But it starts when he is your only source. God is our source. Therefore, trust him. Look to him. Do not lean on any other source but God. The second foundational principle of God's plan for financial blessing is this. God wants us to have all that we need. I want us to say together, God wants us to have all that we need. Together, God wants us to have all that we need. Will you make it personal? Say, God wants me to have all that I need. Let's say together, God wants me to have all that I need. Will you help me tap your neighbor to the left and to the right? Tell him, man, God wants you to have all that you need. Come on, encourage them. God wants you to have all that you need. Let's say together one more time, God wants us to have all that we need. That is so important. If you are going to experience God's blessing, I want you to settle it in your heart that God wants you to have all that you need. In verse 8, the second part of it, of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says, so that in all times, everyone say, all times, having all that you need. Everyone say, in all things, at all times, having all that you need. Let's read that verse one more time together. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need. Wow. God wants you to have all that you need. Scripture doesn't promise us that God will give us all that we want. But Scripture promises us that God will grant us all that we need. You see, out of his abundance, God is committed to providing for your needs. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God sees, God knows, God cares. God is intimately acquainted with your needs. Before you even bring it before him, he knows what you need. We all go through times of scarcity and luck. There are seasons when you're just broke. Yes. Some of you are saying, Pastor, I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> but are there any witnesses in the house who say, Pastor, sometimes I meet a financial roadblock. And maybe that's where you are in this season of your life. I want you to know that God sees, God knows, and God cares. And that God is committed to providing all that you need. It may not come at the time you wanted it. 
It may not come in the shape that you wanted it. But God knows what you need. And when he gives it, he gives it at just the right time. If you're going to experience God's financial blessing, settle it in your heart. God is not holding back anything from you. God wants you to have all that you need. Because from that place comes the faith to trust him with your needs. From that place comes the security that produces contentment. What I need, God knows. And what he has provided is sufficient for me. God is not against you. God is for you. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 17, it was a difficult time and God managed to provide for Elijah. And God used ravens and a brook. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 2 to 6. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Live here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerith Ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Wow. <laughs> Do you know God will provide for you in the most unlikely way? God wants to provide for you in such a way that you can say, wow, look what God has done. You didn't see it coming. He simply knows your need and he has provided for it. Look at what the Bible says. So he, Elijah, did what the Lord told him. He went to the Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Wow. <laughs> but delivering bread and meat... Oh, you may begin to say, okay, God, I, I know that you know my needs. And I know as a family we need to feed them. And, and, but Lord, will you just bring some, some chicken? Lord, bring some pork. Lord, we'll just raise the game right there. Will you bring, deliver some Rolexes to my, to my place? Lord, will you, will you, Lord, will you? I'm a... But God is not going to bring you the chicken sometimes. Is going to deliver the best beans in Uganda. It's going to deliver that Porsche. It's going to deliver those vegetables, Nakati and the like. I tell you, like the children of Israel who are crying about meat from Egypt, God brought manna. I tell you, give thanks to God for those beans. Give thanks to God for that Nakati. Give thanks to God for that maize flour. It is what God has given to you because he knows your needs. Why? It has been settled in your heart. God might not always give me the pork that I love because I'm a pork lover. Man, God has given me this portion, this maize flour. I'm going to eat it with joy in my heart because when God finds this person of gratitude who has settled it in their heart, God is going to bless that man. God is going to bless that woman. God is going to bless that family because he knows they are content. They know that God is providing for our needs. They don't have to compare with the 
scent of that soup that's coming from the house next door. But with all things, things can dry up. Your job can dry up. Your business can dry up. The Bible says that the brook dried up. But guess what? The Lord then sent him to a widow. And not a wealthy widow, a poor widow. Who was preparing to have a meal with her son and die. That was the agenda. And that's where God sent him. Some of you maybe have been complaining, Lord, why do you keep asking me to apply for a job in that place once again? Lord, why don't you just open a door for me? God will provide for you in the least likely places. The Bible says in verse 15 to 16 that Elijah went and spoke to that uh, widow in Zarephath. She was like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to eat my meal with my son and die. I says, no, trust God. Bible says in verse 16, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in Jesus' name. God knows your need and he wants you to have all that you need. God knows you have medical bills. He knows you have business bills. God knows you have loans. God knows you need rent and tuition and all those things. God will provide. Finally, the third and final principle of God's plan for financial blessing is this. God wants you to abound in every good work. Help me turn to your neighbor to the left and the right and tell him God wants you to abound in every good work. God wants you to abound in every good work. Come on, tell another neighbor, God wants you to abound in every good work. And you know what? When we say God wants you to abound, we're saying that God wants you to prosper. We're saying that God wants you to overflow. We're saying that God wants you to succeed. The Bible says he predestined us for good works. In the good works that God has prepared for every single one of us, God's plan is that you will prosper. God wants you to abound. God has so much in store. But one of the things that has to be settled in your hearts is that, listen, God actually wants me to prosper. Trials are going to come. Testings are going to come. But do not forget, God wants you to abound. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 again, the ending part. He says, having all that you need, you will abound. Everyone say, abound. Abound in every good work. You know what this tells us? Is that God has a purpose for the blessing. God is not just blessing you for you. God wants you to abound. To overflow. In verse 11 of chapter 9, 2 Corinthians. says you'll be made rich in every way. So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Listen, Watodo Church. In a few weeks, we're going to give. And God is going to begin to release his blessing in our lives. But listen carefully. God wants us to be a channel of blessing. If we are going to experience God's financial blessing. It is because God not only can get it to us, 
but it's because God can get it through us. Don't hold, don't hoard the blessing. Be a channel of God's blessing. At Watoro Church, we've decided we're going to be a channel of God's blessing. May that be true of your life. May that be true of your family. May that be true of your business. And that as we are faithful to be a channel, God will say, I found a man, I found a woman, I found a family, I found a business, I found an organization that I will bless. I found a nation that I am going to bless. God not only wants to get it to us, God wants to get it through us. We abound when we are a channel of blessing. There's three foundational principles of God's plan for financial blessing. One, God is the source. Two, God wants us to have all that we need. Three, God wants us to abound. Settle this in your heart. Live according to it. And God is going to bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we pray together? Lord, we thank you for your word. Over the next couple of weeks, as you begin to unplan, unpack your plan for financial blessing, we're settling these principles in our hearts. Lord, I pray that these principles will shape our minds and our hearts and change and affect the way we live so that we can be positioned for financial blessing. Ultimately, it is for your glory that the blessing you pour out in our lives financially will result in thanksgiving and glory to you because we didn't hoard the blessing. We were a channel of blessing with every head bowed and every eye closed the greatest blessing you'll ever receive in life is the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ all of us have sinned against God but when you come and recognize that you're a sinner and you surrender your life to Jesus he will forgive and then he will save you and make you a child of God. No greater blessing. The greatest blessing is not financial. The greatest blessing is salvation. It is a blessing that you will take into eternity with you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Brian, I want that blessing. I want the blessing of being saved by Jesus. I want the blessing of being a child of God and the blessing of having my sin forgiven and having a relationship with God my Father through Jesus, His Son. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you here in this place, in person, upstairs, downstairs, in the overflow, lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Say, Brian, I surrender my life to Jesus. I give Him my heart. I give Him my life. Lift up your hand. Give your life to Him. Upstairs, downstairs. Lift up your heart. Give your heart to Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus. He loves you. He cares about you. Ask him, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Make me a child of God. It's a free gift available to anyone who will believe. 
Lift up your hand wherever you are, upstairs, downstairs, joining us online. Surrendering your heart to Jesus today is the biggest blessing you'll ever receive. Do it right now. Lift up an emoji of a hand in the comment section right now. Type it there. I give my life to Jesus. Do it right now. Do it right now. You're joining us on air in that room. Jesus is there with you. Just lift up your hand to him and say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Do it right now here in person. You say, Brian, I recommit my life to Jesus. Maybe you had walked away from Jesus. Yes, you used to live for Jesus, but you'd walked away from him. You're recommitting your life. Lift up your hand as well. Lift up your hand as well. Surrender your life to Jesus. Recommit your life to him. Don't go back and say, thank you. God bless you. Jesus is that hand going up. Thank you. Jesus is those hands. Anybody else? Lift up your hand. You're recommitting your life to Jesus online. You're recommitting your life to Jesus. Lift up an image of a hand and type it. I recommit my life to Jesus. Online. Lift up your hand right there in that room. Say, I recommit my life to you, Jesus. This is the very last call. Is there anybody else? You're lifting up your hand. Say, I recommit my life to Jesus. I'm coming back to you. Thank you. You've lifted up your hand. Will you pray this prayer after me and mean it from the bottom of your heart as you make your personal commitment to Jesus? Church, let's all pray together and encourage our friends who are making this commitment right now. Everyone praying as loudly as you can. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I recognize that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, you are the only Savior. Today, I am asking you to forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean in your precious blood. Give me a brand new life. Jesus, I now receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And from this day, I believe that I'm born again, that I'm a child of God. I will live for you and I'll follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen, Amen. Let's celebrate everyone that's given their hearts to Jesus. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey,